Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop with locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode. About two weeks ago, Ryan and I came on for episode 113 and talked about the Kings coaching hire, the first move of the offseason. It was a fun episode, and you can find that episode streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on? Feels like it's been a minute since we recorded, but really has yeah, it really hasn't been that long. But really, really disappointing tonight. Um, no alcohol for me on the pod. Really dropped the ball on that. I, you know, I, how many, what episode is this, Eric? I know you just 110. No, we're 114 today. 114 today. All right. Out of 114 episodes, this is maybe, maybe, actually, it's the first at night for sure. It's the first podcast that we did at night that I for sure did not have an alcohol beverage. Um, so that's, yeah, maybe 10 podcasts out of the 114. So, Sorry to disappoint you guys. I really dropped the ball on that, but I promise I'll be more focused today. <laughs> more focused, maybe a little more boring. <laughs> um, well, you know, I you definitely when we would record do the Saturday morning records, you definitely weren't drinking then, you know. But um, because there was a couple of times I said you're not drinking, you're like, no, I'm not a degenerate. You know, I'm like, well, you kind of are a degenerate, but maybe not that much of a degenerate, you know. Degenerate gambler, you like to drink on the podcast. Yeah, that's, well, you're that's, really, you're, that's that's why, I, that's why, I, you know, 10 times, you know, those 10 morning ones that we, that we did. Yeah. Those 10 morning ones. Um, yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a few weeks. We went to go record after the draft lottery last week and your boy, me got sick as hell. I got, I got probably the sickest I've been in probably 10 years. So that's why we, we have a little gap in our recording. We didn't get on, but I'm, I tell you what, Ryan, I was really excited and looking forward to coming on Kane's cast. Um, the offseason is always exciting. It's fun to come and talk on here when there's actually things happening. And obviously with the Kings moving up in the, in the draft lottery, a lot of talk about coaching hire, a lot to talk about NBA playoffs, a lot to talk about before we get into it. You know that we have the partners at bet online who partners with believe and here at Kings cast to continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, find all the latest odds, news and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, major league baseball, fights and NFL futures bet online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. 
Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I have not been betting, Ryan, just because the NBA, we talk a little NBA playoffs real quick. I have not been betting at all. And a lot of these games have been unpredictable as fuck. It's like, it seems like every game is a 20 point game in either direction in both series it's just kind of like it's like one game one team's whooping ass next game the other team's whooping ass just it's been it's been unpredictable and i haven't been i haven't not been feeling comfortable putting money on the games what about you i haven't bet basketball shoot since the second round uh and that was like the first i think i bet like game ones of the second round and that was about it dude i've been you know me man i i gotta get my fix in but I, again Guys, I, I've been saying it for, you know, since the start of baseball season, you know, betting those three game parlays, you know, not getting greedy, three team parlays, you know, first five innings, you know, 25. I think the one today that I won was 25 to win 177, I believe, you know, so I've hit three days in a row on those. Uh, you know, it's not it's not being greedy. We're not out here trying to, you know, pay off our house. We just want a little fun money, you know, a little beer money, a little play money to hide from the wife every now and again. So it's always good. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, you know, it's been like a two and a half month, three month just streak that I'm on right now. And I got the hot hand. I keep waiting for it to cool down, but I am going to Reno on Monday. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how hot I truly am when I'm on the blackjack table. The, uh, you know, I keep thinking, oh, football season, how I miss the, I love football season betting. And then, you know, I, I didn't realize how much I actually did enjoy betting the NBA regular season until uh, it was over. And I kind of looked back and like, I placed a lot of bets this year. And not that we've we talked a lot about it in the podcast, but betting a lot of like rebounding overs and points overs, especially the killer of the second half of the season was De'Aaron Fox's points over. They were, you know, because early in the season, his point, his point average was lower, like 22 points a game. And once Halliburton got traded and I was putting a lot of action on him to, to, you know, betting to over 22 and a half. And he was, you know, he averaged like 27, 28 points a game down the stretch. So I kind of missed that. So I'm definitely looking, I'm not really into the baseball betting. Um, and so I, yeah, I just can't wait to get back to, to the fall football season and get back to basketball just for that reason too. But before we get into, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're on a massive hot streak with the guess this random NBA player game we've been playing. So I'm going to keep throwing them at you. Uh, recap for the listeners. Let's see. I think you had a Jamal Tinsley. You had a uh, – man, I just did a terrible job. I was going to go listen to him. I'm like, I can't actually remember all of them. You hit a white Jamal guy. Tinsley, three, Jamal three Tinsley, Jamal Tinsley, Jason Capono, Antonio McDice. Um, there's that might one have been more. It. Yeah, you, so you're, you're killing it. Um, so who am I to come on the podcast and doubt you? Um, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, so I wonder how people are doing playing along home, but here, here's the random NBA player before the, we kick off the episode, Ryan, I think you'll get this one just on your streak, but it is a little bit, it could be a little bit tough here. All right. So let me get real it quick, all out. real quick, Go ahead. real quick, real quick before we start this, uh, Eric always asks me, you know, sometimes I get it super early. Sometimes I don't, I'm purposely going to start waiting till the end to give the listeners a chance to, to get to get in on the action as well guys so it, you know if i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna try sometimes i get excited though but i'm gonna try to start holding off till the end and you know letting everybody else engage in the fun so i'm ready well that's the, i think you know 
you got to remember it is a podcast and people listen for entertainment. So not, not, I don't play this game necessarily entirely for you to guess the answer right off the tip. So, okay, let me get into it. Okay. This guy, he's six foot nine, 235 pounds. All right. Ryan, he went to North Carolina, was drafted the fourth overall pick in 98. Um, Here's his teams, Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks, Wizards, Cavaliers, Lakers, Clippers, two-time All-Star, NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 04, 18 points a game. Who is it? Do you know? Yeah. Did you know? Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. You know, I, I like the reason I picked Anton Jameson is I heard him on an interview this week and I, you know, I thought about it. I was like, you know, Anton Jameson was a really cool player um, back in the day. I really liked Anton Jameson, super talented. I mean, clearly, you know, he was a guy who, who's he was one of those guys who like was a starting level player, clearly with a career 18 points a game. Um, and he played a long time, but he played on a lot of different teams, six man of the year and an all-star, you know, he was just, he was just a cool, a cool player. Um, he had a couple seasons, you know, over 20 points a game. Um, who, uh, wh- who do you remember him playing, um, for the most, Ryan? Uh, well, that two. when I think of Antoine Jameson, I think of the wizards and I think of golden state. Mainly, I, I I probably have to say the Wizards, dude. That for me, I feel like his peak was with 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 uh, Washington. I may be mistaken though, but what was his his highest statistical output? Well, the thing is, is I agree with you. His peak with was with the Wizards because that's when he was twenty eight, you know, through thirty two. Um, but his highest statistical output was actually year three at Golden State, 25 points a game. But it was a bad team. You know, how the bad? One- yeah, that's what I was going to say. How bad were they? Yeah, they were. It was the oh, it was the 2001 Warriors. And, and I tell everybody about the Warriors because here's the thing about the Warriors is, you know, growing up when we did it and Ryan, Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm in my early 30s. Ryan's about 30. You know, we're so you kind of pinpoint when we grew up. And, and um, if you're our age, you know, this is that people are like, oh, I'm a Warriors fan from back in the day. I'm like, were you a Warriors fan back in the day? Because the Warriors back in the day were so bad. I mean, they had no talent. They were like the, they were like the uh, the Kings of like what, like oh the oh nine type of Kings, yeah, like that no, era. It was, yeah, those Kings that had like Bano Udre playing thirty five minutes a night. That was that was Golden State every network. Yeah, th- when they had you know when they were rolling out there with. They had some cool young pieces like Jason Richardson won the dunk contest. You know, Antoine Jameson was I, but they they're rolling out with like Michael Dunleavy playing hella minutes, Troy Murphy playing hella minutes, like guys like that, that Andres Bedrins, Adonal Foyle, like the dark Golden State years, dude. That's that was about as bad as it can get in the NBA. Those there was a, a 10 year stretch really until the we believe from, you know, the, the late 90s to the we believe that it was just absolutely horrific, dude, like. And and they had those ugly ass jerseys. Remember those navy, dark navy blue with the orange? Ah, oh, dude, just you talk about a shit franchise till Steph Curry rolled around, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like that, if you're a Warriors fan, I'm like from back in the day. Because if you were, oh, okay, you know. And I have some friends for sure. I know they were, but I know that, that, that there was a lot of people that weren't claiming them. If anything, it gives hope to the bottom feeders like the Kings that one day yeah. you can if, if you make it out. 
if you're like if you're like a 40 year old and you're a warriors fan i'd be like all right cool run dmc like those years like all right i can get with that right the early 90s teams but yeah for sure dude if you're under 35 and you're rocking with golden state saying you've been rocking with golden state since day one i don't fucking believe you yeah i'm gonna what, what's what's that is it's like is it it's like a will throw is i'm i'm i'll question your loyalties <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was thinking, I question your loyalties. I mean, but you know, they're they're out there. Um, all right, let's talk about the Kings, man, because I couldn't wait to come on here to talk about the Kings. I haven't, we, you and I really, just because I was sick, you and I have really haven't talked a lot in the last week. We haven't really had a lot of conversations about it much. So we, I know, I think we got to one. I was like, let's just save it for the pod, right? So let's talk about it on the pod. So, holy shit, the Kings got lucky. And they moved up several spaces, which we're not breaking any type of news right now on here. But, you know, they, they break up to get the fourth pick, which is, um, which is, you know, hallelujah. The Kings needed a break after all these times of, of things, you know, the, how many lotteries have the Kings dropped a spot or stayed the same and just never got that bounce. And how many other teams out there, when people talk about accelerated rebuilds, they had that ping pong ball bounce in their direction. I mean, that happened to a lot of teams. So, Finally, the Kings catch up in. I think it comes at a really we, – we talked about a couple weeks ago on, on our episode that we did, Ryan, about how they, this is the most like – I think the terms I use is like consequential or pivotal or important off-seasons that I can remember as far as the Kings because um, they're really – I know we say, oh, you know, they're almost there, they're getting there, but they're truly at this like cusp of – I'm not going to say something great because I'm not going to be fucking hyperbolic and be like that, but they're at the cusp of like potentially – going to a next level that they haven't been in in quite some time. And I really think that's true. And so the timing of having this draft pick land where it did couldn't come at a better time. And um, so that's my first take on that. But I wanted to start off the conversation before we get too deep, Ryan, about how for the last two years, people have talked about how the Kings need to tank out games so that they can you know, get a high draft pick. And it just really, and what, what was the thing we were always said, Ryan? It's a lottery. It's a lottery. Things move around. And so how many teams now that were worse than the Kings that are kind of took a tank approach? Let's look at the Pacers, for example, who, who, who there was some, some, you know, a relationship with them in, in the season fell behind the Kings. So, you know, tanking isn't Portland. the end all be all. Yeah. Portland tanking isn't the end all be all. And uh, it just goes to show that, you know, there's other strategies. And so that's one of that's why I wanted to kind of start it off right there and just highlight that point, because it's something we've been so counter for for a while about. Yeah, I real quick before we get into the lottery, you brought up that there's such in a pivotal, you know, this very pivotal moment of the franchise. Right. And they are on the cusp of taking it another step. Right. And getting back into the playoffs. But I think it's fair to say that they are also at the point where we can go spiraling down to the bottom of, you know, the bottom of the West again to real a real bottom feeder really fast because of the the demands that have been out there. Hey, they've came out and said, hey, you have to make the playoffs this year. Right. So there's a real real chance you know hey if somebody gets hurt or something happens and Sacramento stays in the same spot and wins 28 games again next year that they blow the shit up and we start over again. So there's always that in the back of your head when, when it's when it's with Sacramento. But, uh, you know, draft lottery, yeah, we moved up. It's great. I The day of the draft lottery, I never do this, but I was like, man, I was feeling good. I've been lucky lately with the bets. I was like, man, I bet Sacramento's going to move up. We're just fucking due. So I did the uh, the draft lottery machine. I did it five times. 
Kings got the first pick three out of the five. So I was, I remember calling Eric. I'm like, dang, bro, I'm feeling it today, man. So they moved up. It's awesome. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know how far you want to go into it and talking about potential prospects or what are they going to do, but, um, I, I I'm excited, man. They have something has to happen. You know, I know me and Eric are big, uh, hashtag TTP guys. So I, you know, we're hearing that they possibly go up to two, you know, so, um, I I'm really, I'm really excited. Uh, very pivotal again, like you said, so looking forward to the, to the lottery or excuse me to the draft. Yeah. Well, the, the that's why I kind of like, there's a lot of different angles here to talk about now. And we have a lot of feelings on them and, um, and it's, I think that that's something that we've talked about on the podcast about how people make a lot of takes, throughout seasons and over the years but then you never kind of revisit them and, and like was that a good take was that a bad take like was that um you know i guess you never kind of revisit how they make an effect and that, that was really one of the things that like the tanking really was so so like de, what do you got de- divisive i guess out there in kingsland and so for it to happen it's like people got their way and then also you know that we got our way in the, in the way we believed i guess um and even if you just look at like midseason, let's look at midseason, Ryan. Like with when they went and traded Halliburton, people are like, oh man, they should, they should, you know, they should, they should have traded Fox and kind of rebuild through the draft and build a young team. And it's like they can't, now they got an all star and, and then they had all star player and it's a bonus and they got Fox and they got the cap base and now they have the fourth pick too. And like you were kind of talking about, which we can go into, is that it gives them a lot of different options. They can draft it, they can trade it back and get a player. They can trade up, or they can just trade the pick outright, and you know, exchange it and relieve some some cap uh, guys that they have, you know, like a Harrison Barnes or a Holmes or something like that. So, like, there's a bunch of different angles on, on it. You know what I mean? And so that's that's what's exciting about the whole thing is that they're in a more advantageous position. And, and when you when you kind of don't move in advance in the in the draft lottery, or you or you God forbid you fall back a spot, at that point you're kind of like if you're limited on your options and, and your potential outcome isn't as, uh, you know, exciting. And so that's, what's good. And that's why it comes, like we said, at a perfect time where there has been a ton of divisiveness in Kingsland about the direction the Kings should go and how they should manage and utilize their assets. And so now we're at a point where it's all really the consequences of their actions of the last couple of years of letting go of Bogdanovich and signing heel, trading heel, keeping Fox drafting well with Halliburton and trading him, you know, dishing out some of the contracts and making the moves they have. This is the fruition. This is the consequence of all of those decisions coming to in heat. And it came out to the King's benefit, which a lot of people doubted. I think a lot of people doubted that when they were doing that, uh, you know, building around Fox and stuff, they, they thought it was the wrong move because it wasn't going to allow them to get ahead. But at the end of the day, it got them ahead. They have a proven coach here that they believe in. They have a direction, they have a front office, they have some, good players entering their prime and they have the assets. And so that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Good thing they didn't fucking tank. Right. That's for years though. Dude, we've been, but yeah, I know. I, and I'll come out and say it just like that. V and you've been coming on here for years, right? Everybody talks about Sacramento's culture, right? Everybody, there's always this culture. Oh, it's a losing franchise. It's the, the culture's bad. The locker. And, and we've come on here and said multiple times, the only way that the only thing that fixes that is winning. So if you think that tanking and losing even more games is going to fix your losing culture, it's kind of just wrong. 
right? And yeah, this year kind of proved that, dude. They they went and got Sabonis, like you said, the young the young all star. They paired him with Fox, and they moved up in the lottery to that number four pick. And you you know with you know the the assets that they have in Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, and the pick. There's a like you said a lot of directions. There is you know I, I would say out of the bottom seven eight teams in in the NBA. Sacramento might be in the best position of them all, dude. I, I really, I, I really truly believe that for once, it looks like they're going in the right direction. They, you know, they've kept McNair. He's going year three. You brought in a respected head coach instead of chasing the Darvin hams of the world, right? You, you, you're not doing none of the bullshit. We're, we're going in this clear direction of we're trying to win and we're trying to win, uh, you know, not by risking our future, uh, not you know, none of that. We're, we're trying to win the right way in the NBA, right? Get all-stars, have proven players. Uh, so, I'm, again, I'm excited, dude. We'll see, dude. I, and I know for a fact we're going to come on here and there's going to be some – we're going to break down every scenario, different trades, which prospects we like. So, it's really – we come – every time we come on here and I say this, I'm like, man, it's like the best time of the year to be a sports fan. I feel like that, you know, four or five times out of the year, I'm like, this is the, this is the time. So, this next month is going to be awesome, dude. You said a good thing there about how of all if you really look at and I get what you're saying. That's all I want to elaborate on this point. Make sure it's really heard. All right. You said of all like the kind of bottom tier teams or, you know, like you put it, the Kings are in the best position. So if you take a look and kind of evaluate all those teams, I would say like the the Knicks, the Hornets, the Magic, you know, even right now, look at Portland. I don't think Portland has a lot of assets. So, you know, a team like that, OKC is in that mix. Um, you know, and you can help me. It's just, I'm just naming a bunch of teams that are kind of not playoff I'll, teams, I'll, but are. And I'll bring them up right now and, and, and we'll see. But yeah, you're, you know, the only team that I could. All right. So here we go. Uh, so Cleveland was a nine seed. I'm going to put them above that. So we got these bottom teams, right? Didn't make the playoffs. New York, Washington, Indiana, Detroit, Orlando. Uh, the Lakers, us, Portland, OKC, and Houston. Out of those teams, I I truly believe that Sacramento has the best future outlook. At current status of the of the roster and the the flexibility of the cap, I think Sacramento's in the best position. I truly do. I, I the only team that I can see maybe maybe is OKC because of how many draft picks they have. But I don't think they're going to fucking move those draft picks for players, dude. I think OKC is playing the long game, dude. And they're trying to get, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're trying to get Chet Holmgren. They got Josh Giddy. They're playing five years from now to where they, they could potentially have, let's say, you know, they're, they're going for home runs, dude. They want that super team guy. So they want everybody on their roster as a lottery pick and, uh, but I, I think in the next three years, outlook-wise, I think Sacramento's got the best future on paper. And a lot of that is because they have the established player in Fox who they've invested the time in and is finally now coming into that 24, 25-year-old where you really see next-level jump. And then they go out and get aggressive for Sabonis, who's in the same thing, that 25-years-old established player who's going to come out and make that jump. So they're not they're not banking on 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds. They're they're banking on guys in their mid-20s. They can add veteran pieces. And that way they're not count they're not really counting on every draft pick 
every year to, to move the needle all the way to where they need to go. And that's what we've always been against, like going all in on these draft picks and loading your team with that because it's just you talk about the the only thing the only option is to be like okc and play a really long game five years from now game there's no no um, immediate urgency because your players are so young that's what we've been so against all that stuff i mean i mean imagine if the kings did move a fox and didn't get us a bonus and they're having a davion mitchell tyrese halbert and then whatever pick you know they get the the fourth pick this year those are really young players and we'd be looking down the barrel of Oh, one day in the future. And like, and that's one thing we always said after 16 years, do we want to wait four years, five years? I don't think that the fan base could handle it. I think this year showed that I don't think the ownership can handle it. So that's why, that's why the Kings didn't go in that direction. We've been telling everybody and, and they've, I'm just glad that they did that and they showed that, that they're here and they're doing it. And, and really the great thing is, is, with with this pick, if they do end up making the pick at four, it's kind of like a luxury situation because they have other key guys that can kind of carry the team, right? And they have they have that. So these guys are going to come in more play complement, like a young guy, a young player should. If you look at NBA history, if you look at decent teams in NBA history that had a, a rookie a starting, were they counted on to go out there and, and carry? No, they went out there and played a specific role. And I can think of a lot of guys over time without, you know, I don't like way back in the day, man, like Tayshawn Prince. I was right. You know, reference the piss Tayshawn Prince is like a, like a rookie second year guy back then, even like a Kawhi Leonard when Kawhi, Kawhi went Leonard was really young on the Spurs. He was a high draft pick. They went out and traded, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, point guard, the King signed him. Um, what's his name? George Hill. Yeah, they traded George, George Hill, Hill. And, and went and got Kawhi Leonard. And they, they, Kawhi Leonard wasn't Kawhi Leonard like for years. He was. They didn't have to count on him, and they can grow into this. That's the luxury about this pick. If they do make this pick, they don't have to count on them to go out there and play both sides and dominate both sides of, of the game and to carry them. They can just kind of use them. So it's a it's a luxury place because they banked on the established players that they have. And they have the cap space. They have the cap space sitting around, which has been the – that's been one of the biggest things – with Monty as far as not having shitty contracts locked up long-term, you know? So first thing, Ryan, when the ping pong balls hit, they, they announced it. Kings hit number four. First thought that went through your head was what? Like, as far as what they're going to do with it. <laughs> Player wise. Yeah. Was it like TTP? Oh, was it draft? Was TTP. it TTP? And I think, and, and I think TTP, in this in this situation that they're in, I think TTP can be either moving up, right, and getting the guy that you think is a franchise altering player, right? Like we've heard about them going to number two, possibly, right? That came, I believe, it was James Ham said something about that. That there's rumors that they're trying to go get Jabari Smith or or Chet Holmgren, right? Rumors flying around. Uh, TTP I saw could be moving back, right, moving back to like seven or eight, and. Uh, taking in a step who was it dude somebody put out a uh, julius randall might have been yes kc kc posted something today it was something about the knicks about they like ivy they like ivy and so it's like trade back yeah trade back right trade back to seven or eight go get an established 27 year old okay who who was what fifth in the mvp voting last year right and still be able to go get i think a guy like uh, uh, Keegan Murray, who could still possibly be available at seven or eight. Um, I think a guy like how, who I think, honestly, if the Kings keep their pick at number four, I think Shaden Sharp's the guy. I think just the freak athlete and the upside that he, his potential upside, I think is ridiculous. Uh, a lot of 
people might hate that. A lot of people want Jaden Ivey, but I'm going for the six six freak. Uh, but I, I think Shane Sharp's also a guy that could possibly be there at seven or eight, depending on how people view him and not playing college ball. So, um, yeah, TTP can be multiple things. It could be, you know, pulling off a freaking blockbuster dude and going get Brad Beal, which I don't know if that happens. Um, you know, I, I've heard people talk about trading that pick for Anthony Davis, you know, going, getting, you know, Anthony Davis for, for the number four pick. You might, I, I don't know if I trade straight up number four for Anthony Davis right now, but uh, you know, I I've, I've seen situations like that. So TTP means multiple things, but for sure TTP, it's got to happen, dude. I just, I, I think with the mandates that came down that we have to make the playoffs this year, you can't sit still. You just, you can't sit still, dude. You either need to go, you need to move up and take one of the top two guys um, who, in my opinion, are Chet Holmgren and, and Jabari Smith. I, I don't think Paolo Boncaro or however you pronounce his name is, um, I don't think he has the upside of those guys or you trade back and, and you take a flyer on like a shade and sharp if he's there or you take the safe bet and Keegan Murray. So we'll see, man. It's, you know, I'm sure rumors are going to get flying out and we'll do our, our different scenarios, but just off the top of my head. And like you said, when the ping pong balls drop, those were my initial thoughts right there. Exactly. In that order. So for mine, it's all, it was always TTP because of the acceleration of moving the team forward. Um, another name that the Kings are linked to at the trade deadline that I'll throw out there that I hope I start, I get some rumors on around is Pascal Siakam, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam. I, th- I, I think he was just third team all NBA this year. Yeah. Third team all NBA second team, uh, two years ago, 22 points a game. He's, he's the forward yep. plays defense plays defense. He's the four. He's a perfect fit. So, you know, like something like that, 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 that gets the, uh, that gets the tingles going, right? And that's the type of shit that gets you excited. Now I know that a lot of the draft purists on Twitter that just spend all of their life doing mock drafts would hate that because they, because again, you're in, you know, heads up people. You all know that when you're going to go out through draft season, what do people like? What do they love? They love Oh, potential, potential. It's all about potential. And you don't want to trade anything because of potential. But I think that it's more about just winning now. That's more important. And I've, for several, several, several years, I've been on the side of if you can trade your pick and get a player and kind of guarantee that you're going to be a just even a the lowest playoff seed, but a playoff, a playoff team. Um, I'm signing up for that. That's that's one thing you talked about earlier about the best thing to do is just to win. Like that means more than potentially drafting a guy right now with potential that might make it three or four years. Like, you know, I don't think the Kings we talked about a couple times with our takes, Ryan, about like they don't have the luxury of, you know, said player on the roster. They don't have the luxury of this. Well, the Kings don't have the luxury of patience. They need to get in where they're at. Now, that means more. I think it would be more to mean more to Kingsland. It would be more to everybody. If, if the Kings came out next year and they were the seventh seed and Aaron Fox averaged 27 points a game, I think it would, it would be the and this is not hyperbolic. OK, it would be the most exciting thing to happen in Sacramento in 20 years literally and that's not hyperbolic that that means something i mean at some point guys where your fans here at some point we sit here and live through this and gotta deal with this and so for me that what 
as much as people get off about the potential of a draft pick and get all excited and bright-eyed, Ryan, I think it's totally equal for me about getting getting off and getting excited about the potential of being a fucking seventh seed. Sad as that sounds and whatever, it's just God-honest truth. And that's kind of what we do here is we keep it real with our takes like that. So that's where I'm coming from. And the, the fourth pick allows that flexibility. But if they do pick it, you know, um, I think I think I'm with you. I think what's going to happen potentially is I think as – what we predicted a little bit, what we talked about a little bit and haven't talked about here is with Shaden Sharp. I'm like, I'm with you because he has the most boom, but I think that guy has the potential to freak some people out in a good way and potentially shake up the draft board. So um, they could get, it could, it was a real possibility the Kings could stay at four and get one of the currently projected top three, but um, you know, he could really shake things up, but if he's there at four, right? I mean, you got to get that backcourt, get that backcourt guy. Yeah. Yeah, but he's six six, seven foot wingspan. Everybody loves that shit, dude. And he's a freak. Okay. So this is a thing. And and for people, you know, draft and stuff, and there's guys like Shaden Sharp, okay, like you said, who go in and just have crazy workouts, okay, and mix up the entire draft and change the NBA for years. Okay. A good example of this is a really good example of this is Darko Milicic. Okay. Coming out. Nobody knew who the hell Darko was. Okay. Didn't play college ball here. He was in, he was in Europe or Croatia, right? I believe is where he was from. Maybe, maybe like Yats Latvia or some crap like that. Anyways, okay. He had this crazy workout. And next thing you know, boom, he's number two over Carmelo Anthony. Okay. I think Shaden Sharp is the guy who he can shake up the top three of the draft. Somebody can see him and he just like, wow, this guy just is, is a freak, right? Somebody like, you know, OKC was like, holy shit, this guy's a freak athlete. We could pair him with, with uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and, and Josh Gideon, you know, but he's also that guy that people can be scared of and he can drop to seven or eight. Okay. So if you're Sacramento, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at and it's like, all right, well, if, you know, if I, I, you know, if we want shade, if we want shade and sharp and he's going to drop to six or seven or eight, yeah. TTP trade back, get your guy anyway. Right. Get some assets. So that's the guy that instantly I'm telling you that I was like, okay, he's going to be the most interesting piece in this draft. We know who those top three guys are, but can he sneak in and have a crazy workout and really just blow like the rockets away or, or blow, you know, whoever, who's who's the top three. It's OKC. The magic. Rockets and the Magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can he come in and, and just blow the Magic away? You or know? blow some other team up to, to trade up. I mean, that's what happens, too, if you're sitting at three yeah. and you can... And, you know, that's, but, and that's, what, that's what I'm looking at. Can, can Orlando, who has big men, okay? Orlando, who has the big men, can they say, shit, we want Shade Sharp. He blew us away. Let's trade back. Let's trade back and, and get our guy, right? So that's the kind of shit that I'm looking at. That I'm He's the most interesting prospect to me, for sure. One one of the things I want to point out too, as as everyone's brains racing of you know where they where they want things to go, you know you, you got to remember I think that the Kings don't necessarily control they don't control all factors here. So um, one of the things is if 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 you're on trade TTP, it's much it's very easy for us to come on and be like trade for Brad Beal, trade for Pascal Siakam, you know trade for Donovan Mitchell. It's easy for us to say that. But it's much harder to actually get that deal done if these go, those guys are available. So that's hard too, and I do I do keep that in mind, you know. But it's just, that's why when you make the takes, I guess it's kind of like if all things are equal and available, 
this is more where I'd go. Um, but you know, I think if there's been a the one take, Ryan, which I think that I would not do is I'm not about trading, and I've seen a couple people put this. Okay, I'm not about trading back to like nine and thirteen or somebody who has two picks. I'm not about that. That's one that doesn't get me excited. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, you're not going to just trade back to get two picks that are still lot, late lottery picks. Why, you know, Sacramento's been in that situation multiple times over the last few years, right? The years that they drafted, uh, you know, the Papianis and Scal draft, and who they draft? Didn't they have three Justin Jackson? Anyway, yeah, stay away from that shit, right? If you're going to trade back, it's got to be like you know, like Casey player, said, it's player included, a player. It's got to be Julius Randle. It's got to be a guy that is a needle mover. Okay, it can't just be, it can't just be for you know some some guy, some okay, you know. I I don't know why this is popping up in my head, but it like it couldn't, you know, a Jonas Valanciunas who's a good NBA. I'm not saying that that they're going after him. I'm just using him as an example, right? You wouldn't want Jonas Valanciunas and the 15th pick, right? Like, yeah. that's not what we're looking for. A guy to come in for like a one, one or two yeah. years, and then you get a little something. That's why that one doesn't excite me. And and how, how how like, I would say, would, uh, would it be a travesty? Because you know there's that game, oh, if the Kings had just drafted this player, this player, this player, and it's a bunch of first-team all-NBA players, right? Then they'd be great because they passed on all these guys. How much of a travesty if the Kings traded back in a draft like this and they passed on player Shaden Sharp, who ends up going on to be this player? You know, they just can't afford that either. Um, the, just the optics on that. Um, we did say, you did talk about one, you talked about Julius Randle and Casey put that, and I like that Casey did that. So I want to give him the credit on it. And and one that, you know, if you move back, to, I don't know what pick they have, seven or nine or something, but like there's a player, for example, who I think is pretty interesting. If the Kings had kept their original uh, place in the draft and had a draft, I thought like A.J. Griffin from Duke was someone who's like, that dude hit like 40 something percent from threes. He's a four, but it, if they got a player like that and Julius Randle, I'm not going to be, I wouldn't be mad at that one particularly. I wouldn't be mad at that one, but it would have to be something like that where you get a, a solid player still in the top 10 and still get that, you know, that Julius Randle caliber tied with it, but just trading back and getting a pit two picks. No, man, that shit does not ex- excite me at all. Um, that won't you know, happen though. That won't happen, dude. The mandate's on. Got to make, got to make the playoffs. It's, it's not going to happen. The, uh, the other thing too is there's a lot of guards at the top, and I think that, um, I wanted to clear up a take, and you can kind of tell me if you agree with this, Ryan. A, t- a take that was coming out was like, well, the Kings already tried that, that guard, you know, because they talk about Jaden Ivey. Um, oh, the Kings already tried putting a guard next to Darren Fox, and it didn't work. That's not true. Okay, it's not true. They tried putting a pure point guard next to De'Aaron Fox, and it didn't work. All right, so that's different than getting a combo guard or a shooting guard. So I've used, I've seen people have that take when it came to a Shaden Sharp, for example, uh, and and they said that well, De'Aaron Fox doesn't play well against. No, he's not going to play well against a pure point guard, which I don't see any of these guys being that. So do you agree with that take or what? Yeah. So let's let's for people. You know, the pure point guard. Okay. Uh, I think Eric's going more of a, it's, yeah, it's what Halburn is. He's a traditional, uh, you know, can't really create his own shot. He needs, you know, he's not a great shooter. So he's not really going to spread the floor too much. Good shooter, not great shooter, but he relies on the pick and roll. 
right? He relies on the pick and roll for him to be effective. And, you know, he was really good at throwing lobs, finding the open guy. But that doesn't help De'Aaron Fox because De'Aaron Fox isn't a jump shooter, right? So De'Aaron Fox, I think, uh, Davion Mitchell, if Davion Mitchell was six foot three, would be freaking amazing for him. Six four, you know, a guy who who is athletic, can create his own shot, can run the, can be ball dominant, but, you know, offers other things offensively. So I, I think in that sense, that's why Halliburton didn't work. It's just the style of play that Halliburton you know, him being the point guard, having to have the ball, getting a pick and finding open shooters. And that, that didn't match Darren Fox. But if we can get somebody like Shaden Sharp who can come in and is a slasher, dude, that guy is going to get to the hoop. He doesn't need, you know, he, he don't need that pick to, to be effective. He's going to be athletic and make plays. So uh, I do want to come out and say a lot of people are really high on Jaden Ivey. I'm, I take Shaden Sharp over him all day long, dude, all day long. I, I you know. The, the freaks, man, you just, you, you got to go for the freaks, dude. And, and I'm very big on, uh, you know, I came out and said this a few years ago too. I'm very big on going to big time schools, but also being a big time recruit, right? You have, you know, like, like I remember a couple years ago, the Cole Anthony draft, I wanted Cole Anthony. I didn't want Halliburton. I thought Cole Anthony fit better next to De'Aaron Fox. Cole Anthony, you know, coming out of college was the number one guy. And, uh, you know, I think he was more of a combo guard that they were looking for. So um, I, I that's why I think Shaden Sharp, you know, uh, coming out, everybody knows how freaky he was and his potential. So that, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Jaden Ivey, Purdue. That's, yeah, good player. Good player. But I, I want that freak upside guy, dude. I really I, I really think Shaden Sharp can be that. Well, and I think the thing, too, is that there's if they go to the shooting guard route, um, I would you know, what's what what what's our saying on the show? If I were a betting man, which I am, uh but that's a couple episodes in a row we dropped one, right? Um, I'm gonna go with if they draft a shoot one of these shooting guards, they're not gonna start. If they draft one of these shooting guards, Terrence Davis is gonna start. That's what that's what would happen. So I think it's I'm not saying it's a mute point, but it's not even like I think that's what would happen, at least for the first half of the season. That that's what would happen. Um, so take that with what you will, but you know, I know everyone's like, well, he's going to play next to him. It's like right away. Is he, is he going to play 30 minutes right away? I, I don't think he's going to, I think if, especially if the Kings are trying to win and they've got to get a couple more veterans in the four position. I mean, you're really looking at it. Okay. It's de- definitely going to be Davion Mitchell and it's going to be potential shooting guard. They drafted as kind of the backup guys, you know? And so it, yeah, it's, it's, I think the whole thing is, is I, I think I'm with you. The thing about Shane Trump, though, it is kind of counter to what we said even before, though, is like super young. I mean, the guy's an early he's he's as young as you can get to be in the NBA draft currently. He's as young as you can be. And so that that's the one thing about him is you're waiting a long time on him if you do pick him. Um, and you're not gonna be able to count on him on the volume of minutes and you're really evaluating high school tape. So I just point that out because that is kind of counter to everything we have been saying. What do you buy of these rumors of the Kings moving up to two? I, I need to see Jason Anderson report it and some other people report it before I start giving validity to it. But could the Kings really could the Kings really be trading up to get Chet Holmgren? Do you really think that that's a thing? My 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 whole thing is, okay, what are you trading? Because I look at it and you look at, you know, the teams above you. Yeah, you have the pick. 
I, I, I think Monty McNair shown that he values picks. He likes picking. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to get rid of future picks. I, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, I think it all sounds good. You know, like, Hey, we, we like Chet Holmgren maybe, but what are you going to trade from? You know, none of those teams above you are taking on Rashawn Holmes. None of those teams above you are going to take Harrison Barnes contract. So what, what is there out? You know, are you going to go just trade another guy you just drafted and Davion Mitchell who's shown promise. So I look at it and I'm like, ah, yeah, it sounds great. Right. Everybody wants, you know, Chet Holmgren, that number one guy. Uh, but I just, I, I honestly, I don't think there's really any validity to it, dude. I really don't. I, I just don't see how that would work. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't see how it works. Well, I, that's exactly what I thought too, because, um, you know, I, that's where my head went. I'm like, well, what would they be giving up? And and obviously, there's no players on the roster of true. I'm not a value like I would give up a Barnes or Holmes, but that's not a, that. Those aren't enough to move a needle to move up to two. It, it like you're talking about. It's going to be Davion Mitchell. But I looked back and and the, you know what the trade I thought of Ryan was the Atlanta Hawks Dallas trade Trey Young Luca that draft where the uh, Mavericks traded up from five to get up there to three. All right. If I remember right. And that's how they got, you know, they got Luca. So five to three. And they, what they did is they gave up a protected first um, in a later year. So um, that's something that if the Kings, this is something I would support because I'm about TTP, right? So TTP even means the future TTP. So if one thing I would get behind, if, if the Kings go through the scouting and they truly think Chad Holmgren's like the guy to fit in with Sabonis and, Fox and like that's it they found the missing piece there to play forward for them um, I would be okay with giving up the pick the fourth pick and a few and a protected pick in the next year if you've really identified the blue chip player if they feel like at four it's going to be more of you're either taking a guy who's doesn't have the upside but he's a safe player or you're taking the ultimate risk player in sharp and then it's either that or let's just trade our future protected and go get the guy who we know is is blue chip who we know is a star who we know I would support that you know and so maybe you know that's what's floating around because they're definitely not trading I don't think they're trading Davion Mitchell Fox obviously Sabonis obviously to move into that number 2 spot let's let's bring this up without getting too into it but i just kind of want to touch touch it a little bit chet holmgren man how how weird of a prospect is that guy how weird of a prospect because everybody knows he's you know five-star guy you know one of the top guys coming out of high school everybody knows he's over seven foot he shoots three handles the ball that dude's skinny as shit dude Okay. He's 195 pounds at seven feet tall. I, I'm I am five, ten and a half, 193 pounds. Okay. Uh I I, I just don't it's hard seeing him go number one, dude. It is. It's hard teams looking at that and going, man, is as skilled as he is. I just I don't know. I I I like to think, yeah, Chet Holmgren, yeah, I, I think he's hella talented, but I just don't know. Dude, you know how the NBA is, man. It's fucking weird. Okay. Man, general managers get freaked out on weird shit. That's all I know is I, all I know is he's seven foot one, 195 pounds. And that might freak people out. So we don't got to talk about his bust possibilities, all that stuff. I just, that's a weird fucking prospect, dude. Like, no, like that's a prospect that no one's ever seen, dude. Really? 
Well, there's one guy. Okay, I agree with you. And you know me, man. I'm very much like these motherfuckers wearing skinny jeans. No one lifts. You know what I mean? Just non-lifters, you know, can't even eat protein. You know, I'm very much about like, why are you so skinny in, in being a, a prospect like this? But, you know, it's tough because this is like, it's tough to say, but like Giannis was the same look and Kevin Durant was kind of the same look. And so was Brandon Ingram was kind of the same look. That, those are those are three guys who are now high level players that are that were real fucking thin, but had like talent. Now, Giannis is the outlier because I think Giannis is such a freak. Giannis might be the most physical freak to ever play in the NBA. So maybe he's the outlier. But Brandon Ingram, you know, same thing. Yeah, but let's but let's be real about this. Okay, what's what are, what does Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram and Giannis have different than than Chet Holmgren? They're not fucking centers, dude. I was I was gonna right? say they're black. They're black. <laughs> they're well, that that <laughs> yeah. They're, Shed they, Holmgren yes. is white. That, yes. That's one big difference <laughs> for what that's worth. But no, and that's funny as shit. But in all in all seriousness, okay, he's a center, dude. He's a center, and and those guys, Kevin Durant, was a legit wing scorer at Texas, like coming out, you knew that guy was going to be a bucket, dude. Brandon Ingham was the same thing. A guy's a bucket, dude. Those guys are wing scorers. Chet Holmgren is a post player, you know, and, and let's be real. Brandon Ingram went number two. Kevin Durant went number two. Giannis didn't go number two. So I really don't think there's a comparison there. I, I think him going later, just kind of that. That's not where the comparison I'm talking about as a top, top five-star guy, the guy coming out of college, uh, the other two wing scores and Chet Holmgren's not. I, I I think that is the one thing. I think a lot of people are going to make the unfair comparison to Kristaps Porzingis. Um, I I think that's a total. Uh, uh, it's gonna that's gonna be something that's gonna plague Chet Holmgren possibility and scare people away. Uh, but I yeah I I don't know man. It's a weird. It's fucking weird, dude. And I've been watching highlights all week. I've been thinking about this and and coming out, dude. You saw the. The, the film and stuff from Chet Holmgren. He saw like the YouTube sensation shit. And I was all on board, but you know, you start, I started watching him in the tournament because I'm not going to sit here and say I watched all the Gonzaga games during the regular season because I fucking didn't. Okay. But you start watching him in the tournament and you're thinking, man, yeah, the guy, you know, he blocked some shots, but he disappeared sometimes. Right. And, and as a top guy, and, and it wasn't that he disappeared because, uh, talent wise I, I i think it was fear pure just physical capability is him getting boxed out uh him there was you know five minute stretches where i'm like dude this guy hasn't made a play and then he comes out and makes a crazy block and hits a three but i i i just when i look at shit Holmgren, all i know is i'm glad i'm not an nba gm with the number one pick this year because that's like the weird shit dude it's something weird can happen with that guy so he's the one that scares me but obviously his upside can be insane yeah, I I don't I see what you're saying about I get what you're saying, but I I don't I don't see center, and I think what the appeal for a lot of teams are, are that he really can be like, um, like a the ultimate stretch four, like the seven foot stretch four, because he can he can kind of put the ball on the on the the hardwood and kind of dribble, and then he can also shoot and he and hit defensively. It's not body down low. It's kind of like. He can kind of move around and kind of, and a lot of his blocks. He's a good that, defender. That, he's, yeah, he's, he's that a good rim ball, protector. 
yeah, that off ball uh, rim protecting kind of rather than just on ball body body defending, if you will, if that makes sense. But like, I, I that's why I, I think that's why if the Kings are going up to two, I think that's why it's because he's I think if you really like, so we didn't want to go Louise, but if you really look at it, I mean, it kind of makes sense next to a Sabonis and next to Fox where the guy can kind of get the fuck out of the guy rebounds very well. Yeah, it gets the fuck out of the key. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? a guy so, like Sabonis, a guy like Sab- a guy like Sabonis who really does rebound very well, and uh, isn't a rim protector. So yeah, I, I mean, Chet Holmgren would, f- on paper, you know, on paper he fits he fits the mold, but it's but that goes back to, it goes back to the, you know, it goes back to the culture of you know like. People are always what's the knock on Sacramento, right? The whole thing is oh they're soft, they're they're this. I Chet Holmgren comes off. Okay, I'm not saying he is, but he comes off as a finesse player, right? So like for me, I look at him like I don't know, man. I I don't know. He's the weirdest. He's probably the weirdest top prospect I've ever I've ever seen. And I just it's weird, dude. Like it's, it's I can't figure him out. I really can't. I'm pretty. I'm I I feel like I'm pretty good at this stuff. So um, I'm. I'm I'm really interested, man. So it's gonna be a real good draft. I think it was a good take about him not being a, a wing score, but I think the physical the 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 physical build is something that you know it just it just show, shows that like guys have overcome that. Um, and but he, he's just yeah, no, you're, you're right. It's just it, a good thing you don't have to make that pick because it's it's yeah. There's like a lot of like, well, if if he can put on twenty, if he can put on twenty pounds and and do the and do, and his game translates, then he's gonna be really good. Well, like that's tough to do. That's tough to do, and it takes a long time to do. So put your name on that. Is and, I mean, and, it, and it's it, all it's all fun and it's all fun in games when you're in college and you know you're hitting wide open threes over guys who are six foot five. You know, like what's gonna happen? You know, and then I'm not trying to knock the guy, but the, you know, people say their talent translating. You know, a lot of teams in college, they just play some zone, man. They, they, they want you to shoot from the outside at the end of the shot clock. We've talked about this multiple times, but, you know, is there going to be, you know, are you going to be able to get your shot off, right? Are you going to be able to create separation, get your shot off against like a guy like Giannis? You know, you're not going to have a six foot four, you know, three star prospect from fucking Western Kentucky guarding you, you know, or two star, whatever. You're going to have a, you're going to have a dude every single night in your face. Uh, pushing you around on your hip, making things are uncomfortable. So it's just, he's, it's weird, dude. It's weird. Yeah. Dude's whole life. He's probably had more often than not probably had an easier time getting shot up and out, you know, in the NBA. And it's probably always banked on a lot of his game, but I think it's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun time. Um, the, I, I think we'll probably, the Warriors cl- uh, clinch tonight, right? So the NBA finals is coming up. I definitely want to talk next week's a little bit more of that. Um, talk about more NBA stuff and hopefully we get a little bit more depth to some of these rumors that are out there. Um, I think it's a long off season. We don't want to come on here and, and blow our load in one night. So I think it was fun to come on here and have a good conversation. Um, it was good to be back on. Definitely won't keep you guys waiting on these break. I don't plan on getting sick again. So, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Brian. Uh, we're, we are active, especially on our group, Kingsland. Check that out. Um, if you want to support Kings, guys, please slide down after the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us five stars. Um, and it really helps us get to more Kings fans just like you. And always support us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show on there. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. Thanks.
This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.